the Magic Book Club podcast. Hello, it's Tom Price here. Thank you so much for downloading the latest Magic Book Club podcast. We love you for subscribing to this and we love you even more for listening. And we love these books and we've got a fantastic new author for you today. She's called Harriet Tice. She's got a book out called Blood Orange. And in fact, I've just finished the interview with her. She's just left the building. Um, so I have to say, first of all, she's fascinating. Re- it's a really interesting listen. The book is brilliantly good. Also, there's a power cut halfway through uh, the chat. See if you can hear out for that. And um, another thing I should probably warn you is the language gets a bit fruity at times, mainly from me when I start shouting that we need an electrician. Uh, Anyway, enjoy this. Here is Harriet Tice talking about her new book, Blood Orange. Hello, Harriet. How are you? Hello. Fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much for coming in. And thank you for writing such a brilliant book, Blood Orange. Your first ever book? It is my first ever book, yes. It's very dark. It is dark. No, I know. I'm aware of this. It has been pointed out to me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not actually, the first to make this I'm observation. Quite, I'm quite a sunny, cheerful person, honest. But um, no, Are you, though? Uh, on occasion. It depends. I definitely do see the dark side right. of life. And I've always found the dark side of life probably more interesting. Um, more attracted to the crime news in newspapers. More attracted to... When I started out as a barrister, which was my original career, um, I started in personal injury and commercial law. You were an ambulance chaser? Well, only in pupillage. It wasn't my fault. It was what I was given. And the only thing I found interesting about any of that kind of law was the medical reports, which gave the stories of what the effect the injuries had had on people's lives. And the Mm. best bit of all was when people were faking their injuries and then the insurance companies got private detectives to watch them. I mean, you you see these exposés in the mail all the time that, you know, someone has claimed sort of years' worth of benefits or has been given a huge payout. And on their downtime when they're hiding, they're actually salsa dancing and climbing (laughs) Mount Kenya and in the gym. So so that's the sort of thing you get into... Yeah, just, 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 just people, uh, people being duplicitous. What's going on under the surface? I mean, it's always an obsession with things that seem perfect and what's underneath there. Yes. Um, so I think that that, I mean, commercial law is obviously full of people. You know, it's it's sort of jiggery pokery, but on a very dry level. Mm. Whereas crime, of course, is just a lot more fun. So when I moved over to criminal law, that was full of stories and mm. full of, of, of... And you sort of look at the background as to how someone has ended up committing the offences that they have and, and what their backstory is. And it's, it's, it's just rife with absolutely fascinating narratives. Yeah. Um, and even though, I mean, I do like happy stories and I do like happy endings. And in my view, at least, Blood Orange has a happy ending. OK. But other no people spoilers, might... Please. No No, no spoilers. And you may not agree. Okay. Um, are the, no, don't look at the end. You can't. <laughs> it all happens in the last few pages. Looking It'll completely clear. wreck it. Oh, really? No, no, no. You okay. can't. You can't. It just... I mean, I'm not saying it's a massive twist but it's just that it's don't okay don't read the end right, first fine. no i never i never would i, I never always do that. i always read the end first so i'm giving very Are you one very, of those that do that yeah really? i can't bear the suspense i can't that's why i don't like going you to the write cinema suspense novels I, now. well i know but i can't bear it so i know what would wind me up maybe that's why i can write it but i actually yes. can't read it and i don't like going to the cinema because you don't know what the end so is you're very sensitive to, to plot and suspense and not knowing the answers. Maybe, I just or I just get on edge, definitely. Right, okay. Definitely get on edge. Well, this book has put me on edge already because it is, um, <laughs> it's really, I mean, dark is too simplistic a word. There's like this, this there's a lot of sex. Yes, like sorry. This. <laughs> Please don't apologise, Harriet, we're all adults here. No, but it's, um, men come across really badly for a start. Mm. 
Men are awful. Yeah, my father said that. My father said that men, men don't come over very well. I was like, no, but um, <laughs> no, Dad. This is not a sort of hashtag not all men moment. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's you know that the, the, this is this book. Um, mm. It was a snapshot of that particular form of reality. But you know, there are obviously lots of very nice men out there who wouldn't behave in this sort of a way. But mm-hmm. I have chosen not to concentrate on them. But it is fascinating that abusive relationship and the way that she allows herself to get into this trap and this position. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's really interesting. I like to talk about a, a flawed uh, protagonist. She's, oh yeah, yeah. She's got some flaws because there's the alcohol thing as yeah, well. Yeah, there's she makes thing. a lot of very very bad decisions. Um, And, I mean, there is a backdrop to all of it. But, again, that that would go too much into the... Well, you'll get there when you get to the end of the book. It might go into it too much. But I think that you don't want to start, though, with a protagonist who's perfect because the point of reading the story is to see the journey of the protagonist and to see how they overcome their flaws and Mm. what battles they have to fight. I mean, that's at the... At the heart of every good novel, I think, is 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 someone's psychological transformation from being flawed to overcoming those flaws and being able to live a better life. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and you think we enjoy reading them because we feel better about our own lives, right? Because well, we look back at our I, own lives and go, thank goodness, I, this I just, to me. I have to say that as a bar of set, whenever I've sort of looked at my own parenting or family life, I'm like, yeah, it could be worse. She's <laughs> a lot worse. I'm not doing that. But equally, I have to say, though, that it was deliberately written in a way that it looks as if she's absolutely terrible. But actually, if you pick apart, if you take aside the morality of the situation, which, I mean, of course, is a is not easy to do, but at no point does she actually, in the opening scenes, which is what everybody seems to focus on as what a terrible mother she is, but if the focus of parenting is to ensure that your child is looked after and happy and fed and generally kept safe Mm. at no point is that child endangered no when she goes out and she gets pissed and she ends up crashing out in her chambers all night her daughter is tucked up safely in bed at home being looked after by her dad and if the situation were to be reversed it wouldn't be about the dad being a bad dad it would be his problems oh yeah that's i mean if you look at any police procedurals, if you look at any detective novels, these these policemen who go out, get hammered, you know, spend all these nights of mm. the dark soul looking at their, you know, looking at the crime over whiskey and and you know, and you're just there going, oh, the wife's so noble because she's kicking up the pieces, but we're we're interested in his how how are we going to make him better, not what a yeah. bastard. Yeah, and 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 that that. I think is one of the other key points that I was really keen on exploring with this book, which is the double standards to which yes. mothers and fathers, men and women, are held in terms of their behaviour. She has and got a hell of a lot going on in her life. She's got her kids, she's got yep. her husband, she seems to be holding everything up. Um, so uh, give us a bit of a, um, a snapshot of, of how the book opens, what we see at the beginning of this novel. Well, at the very beginning of the novel, um, well, the prologue is the prologue, which is someone cutting up an orange and we'll find out why later. I forgot um, about that. Yeah, no, that oh, was just yeah. to give a little bit of a taster of... Um, in terms of Alison, though, about whom this book is, um, she is coming back from a case and she is looking forward to going out briefly on a Friday night that she's ever the optimist, it's just going to be one. And I think most people here would be able to say that they've done that too. Yeah, yeah, I'll be home by seven. Yes, of course I will. Um, And she goes into her chambers to drop off her papers, see what's happening the following week. And she is given 
a brief which is for her first murder trial. And that's um, a big moment, is it? And it is a big moment because she's going to be leading it, that she's not yet a QC. It's not usual that you would have a non-QC, a junior barrister. Even mm. you, I mean, they're called junior even if they're... Senior, junior. Okay, so that's you can completely be, clear. That makes sense. It, it, if the, no, it doesn't at all. <laughs> but you can be. But you can have sort of twenty-five years' experience. But if you're not a QC, if you're not, if you've not sort of had that elevation, mm. then you would be in a position where you would be the junior barrister to the QC. I see. But okay. someone who's got 15, 20 years' experience is perfectly capable of running a murder without a QC if it's reasonably straightforward. So how do you get a QC then? How does that? Well, happen? you have to apply for. You apply for it, and you have to go through all sorts of I'm not sure if it, I mean to be honest I've never really looked into it because I never got anywhere near it but right. from what I understand of friends of mine it's a very onerous process it costs thousands of pounds to make the application they take references from people with whom you've done cases from judges from everybody and you probably won't get it the first time maybe right. even the second time how I many mean, QCs a, are there then is it like a group of um, 10 or something no there's a there's there's a few hundred um but it's definitely a minority, and it's uh, not everybody decides to go for it because you have a drop of income. I could get. I, I mean, no, but this is what's really great, Harriet, because you've got this <laughs> background, you've got this hinterland behind you. So um, you, you may not have been a QC, but no. you, you're reading a great crime novel or a thriller, and there's procedural stuff. But in in your book, there's sort of legal procedural stuff, and I love that. Like it Good. makes the book tick along because. It's not just about plot. It's not just about finding out what happens next. You want information. I'm always hungry for stuff. Where I'm going. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what barristers do. I didn't know that's the thing where they get a case. And they... You have to hope you get it right. I mean, that's yeah, the of course. Yeah, you don't want anyone going. That is really dull. Well, but tiny details like the barristers going yeah. along with their wheelie bags with them. Oh, there's so many wheelie bags. You tell can us about kind that. of tell. Well, because you have, you've got to carry. I mean, you've got the papers. You've got the files. And also, if you've got any sense, and I mean, I think it's probably different now because of the internet. That. But certainly when I was doing it, you had to take with you at least one big book of legal procedure. So there was Blackstone's Guide to Criminal Law and then there's Archbold. Well, like things... Well, they're, they're chunky. I mean, they do weigh like a couple of kilos. Yeah. And it's not really what you want in a shoulder bag. At least I never did. So... Oh, hello. Oh, the lights have just gone out in Magic Towers. That's the first time that's ah. happened to me. Wow. It's <laughs> exciting, isn't it? On again. Someone call for an exorcist. <laughs> it's not that dark a book. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is amazing. You have to give people that option. I mean, there are... Wow! Well, in my three years here, this has never happened. <laughs> We've been, is that we've been taken over by... Owen Smith. Owen Smith is currently on Sky. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I don't want to know. Let's not talk about Brexit. No, 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 we can't oh. talk about it. No, it's no, too depressing for words. Are we still recording? Anything. Have we recorded all of that? Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll, we'll carry on. Um, that's exciting. So, uh, yeah, so I love all that procedural stuff. I love all that legal uh, procedure. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting and it makes the book tick. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about you, Harriet Tice. Okay. I want to talk about you, please. Goodness, uh, please um, don't do that. No. Well, no, because I am forever fascinated by people who apparently seem to come out of nowhere with these perfectly formed, wonderful books. That, you know, you're going to have this massive career now as a writer and I want to know what came before. Obviously, we know you were embarrassed and yes. stuff like that, but for how long? And also... How I'm asking you 90 questions at once. But but how long were you thinking, there's a book, I'm going to write a book, I've got a book in me somewhere? Um, that, well, 
when I was a teenager, I wrote poetry which I thought was good and my English teacher did not think was good. Oh, and thanks, that, English teacher. Well, That's nice, isn't I it, know, but that? it was getting remarkably self-indulgent. He did have a good point. Where did so, you go to school? Where were you? Um, I was at school in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. um, so, as you can tell, no doubt, by my strong Scottish accent. And you can hear but, my strong Welsh accent yes, as well. Yes, no, we are. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, precisely that. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then I did an English degree. Um, went to Oxford and I did an English degree. And then at the end of that, I had a moment of, oh, God, what job do you do with an English degree? Mm. And I've I, got an English degree as well. Well, I didn't... Look what happened to me? <laughs> I mean, where did it all go wrong? Where did, I mean, it, go where wrong? did it all go Eventually wrong? Eventually something's going to work out for me yeah, and no, I'll be I teaching hope, English. I, I hope so. Well, I wasn't sure I'd be a very good teacher. I think that is something for which a level of um, vocation is required and I didn't think I'd be able to do that. And at that point, journalism wasn't striking me as being a particularly attractive option either, though... In retrospect, I think it would have been a really good... I'd have loved to have done that. But anyway, I mean, you make your choices. Yeah, so, so you chose I to go into law chose to go straight into off law. the bat. I did a law conversion course, then I went for the bar because I thought it would be more interesting mm-hmm. being a barrister than being a solicitor. And I mean, I have to say this... What's is, the difference between a barrister and a solicitor? Um, the barrister is the... Roughly, the barrister is a specialist advocate. Um, and so solicitors... Solicitors have an office on the high street. If you get nicked for something, you'll go in and you'll see the solicitor. You'll tell the for solicitor anything. all about yes. Well, you know, if you get anything that you might need to require, that you might need to go to court, or if your speeding means that you're going to lose your license, that, okay. that, that, that anything for which it might be useful to have legal advice, you'll go and see a solicitor, and the solicitor will be able to advise and even represent on the, the vast majority, at least, of minor offences. But sometimes the case will be more complicated in which case they will bring in a legal specialist or sometimes who specializes in that field who, who specializes so you'll get you'll get a oh, criminal that's... barrister who is particularly good at you know who's done lots of affray or done lots of violence or done lots of drugs cases already or frauds i see and okay. i finally know i'm 38 years old and i finally find <laughs> out the difference between a barrister I mean, and solicitor it's it's a, the, 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 i'd say that solicitors are probably more broad and they cover more cases okay. and yeah the barristers will go to court and right. they will advise on particular they'll be they'll be given the 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 case to look at and then they'll advise on whether there's a legal defense that you know, they'll go off and do the research. It's not to say the solicitors don't, but solicitors have got, they've got a wider workload. So, so, that, so that's you, that was you. You were, Did you put the wig on? I had the wig, yeah. I put the wig on and the gown that's and the band. That's a very successful career. That's a very well-paid career. What made you turn it's around? not a very well-paid career at the oh, junior end of the... It depends on the barrister and it depends oh. on the practice. I mean, this is something I'm not... Bearing in mind, I left 15 years ago. Okay. I'm not qualified particularly to speak on what's been happening recently, but suffice to say that since about 2010, there have been huge cuts to the Ministry of Justice. Thanks, Ken Clark. Well, and it's gone on from there that the, um, the, 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 the Secret Barrister is a book that I think that everyone should read, really, really? to see about the effects that the cuts on legal aid have had on the criminal justice system. Okay. And, I mean, the criminal justice system is something that most people don't think will affect them until they get nicked for something they haven't done. And suddenly they're going, hang on a minute, Mm. I don't don't qualify for legal aid, I can't get a solicitor without paying for it, and then they've paid out tens of thousands of pounds Mm. for their representation, which gets them off the thing they haven't done, and then yeah. they can't even get it back. So, so that's that, that's and that, that money could, gone. And that could happen to anyone, So you that's know. the secret barrister. The secret okay. barrister is, a, yeah, he's he or she is an anonymous 
practitioner, so working, and and has written an absolutely swinging diatribe and attack on 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 what the current situation is. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the difficulties is with the cut to legal aid that people are simply not being. You can work on a case for days, and you can end up being paid well below minimum wage. Right, OK. And because there is this overall impression that barristers are minted, then it's quite hard to try and... People think because they can afford a gown and a wig, they must have yeah, money. you can it's buy them second-hand. It's, no, it's not it's <laughs> So you not stopped the barrister thing, you walked so away I from stopped, that. I walked away from that. With I walked a view away to writing a book? No, I walked okay. away from that because I had a baby and it was not a part-time career. I wanted to work part-time. I didn't want to... I mean, I think if I'd had a full-time job in an office, which had been predictable Monday to Friday, it would have been... Then I could have made proper arrangements for childcare. But the yeah. nature of criminal work in particular is that the work comes in almost the night before and then you have to go off to Nottingham for three weeks to do a gun trial. And this is kind of what we see happening yes, with Alison, that's, isn't that, it? Yes, that, that it's, it's something... I mean, there's a huge rate of attrition of women who leave the bar post-children because mm. it's it's... It's so hard to bring in any predictability on something that has been, for the start, predicated on availability of people to travel at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure what the percentage is of women who leave, but you just need to look at the senior judiciary, the judiciary full stop, to see how few women there are. And yeah. and that's because there aren't women there necessarily to to give that promotion to. There's there's just such a small proportion. I mean, I think it's changing, but again, that's not something... I mean, I left. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I think that that I had a few years of not working, of looking after the kids and not really feeling... It, it wasn't the best time for me. I didn't really enjoy that. I mean, obviously, I love the children, and you know, as one always has to say, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. did you know, have a need to do something more. I mean, I'd gone through quite a lot of education and I'd had this quite exciting career. And then even if I never did any high-profile cases, it was still quite... It was very high octane. So to anyone listening who wants yeah. to write, and this happened with, with my wife as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. she had, uh, we had two young kids and she wanted to write a book. And how on earth we managed to carve out time for her to do that, I don't really know how we did it. But how did you do it? How did you take control of well, that Well, I think, thing? I mean, bearing in mind now that, I mean, I've been writing for about nearly 10 years. I okay. started, so I started off with doing a bit of an evening course and thinking, well, you know, I'm kind of like to see I need to do something why not try this I mean I'd done a gardening course that's how desperate I was um and now I do know some Latin names for plants but it's not the are most they going to be in the book <laughs> if it's in the book it's tax deductible I think this, it's fine. I'm going to find something I think that I've got a title I'm really keen on for the next book which is something to do with that but that I'm not I'm Please not tell us no no, 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 no. Have you told anyone? Yeah, it's in, it's under discussion. So right, we're just okay, going to, right, no, no, right. no. I'm not saying anything more about it. Is Alison going to come back for the second book? No, no, no. She's, no, a one, she's one, done. One she's done. She's done. I don't think there's anything more that needs to be said about her. Really, I think that she, I see her anyway. I'm not going to say how I see her, but because I'm not <laughs> going to spoil it. But yes. there is no more to be. I don't think that that she needs any more. Um, no, I um I did I did this evening course where. You know, to begin with, I could barely string a sentence. Well, I could string it together on paper, but actually to read it out in front of the group was absolutely terrifying. I think you were a barrister, and used to having stuff up in court. though, different. And actually, I always got nervous with that too, because, but I mean, the barrister thing's slightly different. I've realised recently that I had been approaching every work situation with regards to the book with a 
state in a state of complete terror. And I was trying to work out why, because whenever I turn out, everyone's really nice. And then I realised it was because it's a sort of Pavlovian response to my old career that when you go in and meet a client, you don't know how they're going to be. When you go into court, you generally meet with quite a lot of hostility from at least half the room. You know, the prosecutor's hardly on your side. The magistrate or the judge is generally not on your side. The jury don't really want to be on your side. The family of the client can be quite cross. There's a lot... There's a lot of tension and there's a lot of aggression. And so I think I still carry that fear with me. You've got the muscle memory. (laughs) Yeah, of just going, oh God, they're all going to hate me. But this is, I must admit, it's the same as me because I did stand-up comedy for for 10 years. Oh, it's just the same. So I turn up at gigs where the bar staff are bored, the audience are pissed, the other acts (laughs) don't want you to be good. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, was yeah, hostile. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it drove me to the brink of madness. And now I do this job on radio. I'm like, hey, guys, here's Phil Collins. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, well, and, it's a positive, that, But it's though. a positive. And it's similar. It really chimes with me, that, because I turn up and I have to remind myself, this is really nice. And that's a good thing, yeah. I guess, because you're not, I never feel entitled to it. I always feel yeah. like... Oh, this is good. This yeah. is a bonus, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, no, I think that that's absolutely right. That it's... Um, I think terror is useful. I think you work through terror and then you find that you, it sharpens your mind up a bit more, that if you just think, oh, it'll be a piece of piss, then mm. that's when you get caught out and you should never assume anything will be straightforward. You just yeah. don't know when something might have a sting in its tail. So it's it's And it's nice to be pleasantly surprised at the end of it that it but didn't. all that terror and that stress and yeah. anxiety, that will feed into the writing. Well, I think, that, I think that I found it a cathartic process. I mean, when I finally got onto this book, I mean, I started off, so I started off with the short, and I, then I did a short story, and that actually worked, and I sort of read it out to the group, and I could read it out at that point. My voice was right, and, and they said, what happens at the end? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to have to. You're gonna... And then I sort How of thought, delicious is that moment? I like hooks and they want to know. And that just made me feel, well, maybe I could go on and maybe I could go on and see if I could turn something into long form fiction. I could actually write you know, a longer short story or even a book. And I got onto a course at City University, which was, there was a neatness to it because that's where I did my law conversion course and I hated that. It was so this awful. was like your law deconversion course was, This was my, absolutely the decompression of that to go in and it was again an evening course, but it was called, it's now called the Novel Studio. I think it was then called Writing a Novel and it basically kind of told you what you needed to do and it, it was really, really helpful just to get it, because if all you've done is sort of, you know, paragraphs and then 2,000 words, it's quite hard to turn that into something which is 80,000 words. And mm. even though what I wrote during that, which was a feminist dystopia that was called Motherland, and I'm quite glad I didn't finish it. <laughs> and I think I'm there not. was no, it had incest. <laughs> it was all the cliches, okay, all the so all glad. the cliches thrown into one. That's I mean, That's it was a publisher. Yeah, hi. Yeah, it's got incest. Hello, hello. <laughs> no, I, think, gone, gone. I don't think they would have been so keen. <laughs> but I mean, it was a really good. It was a really good exercise in doing that. And then, yeah. so that that sort of got me starting to think well maybe I could do that and at the end of that course there was a reading to agents and I had a couple of agents asking if they could read it they'd just seen a pack seen three paragraphs and they wanted to read what I'd written and that was no but they're all sort of semi-constructive no's as in you know you can write yeah let's see what else and so that was a good keep going and then I finished a psychological thriller which had bits of okay in it but it was all over the shop any incest 
no incest. No, 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 no cement gardening here. Thank you. No, and it wasn't quite like that. It was people who hadn't. There was people who hadn't known they were related, and that that happens. But let's not. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't think we're doing that. No, I think I was quite glad to leave that behind. And and so I and so I finished. I finished that. I finished that, and that I sent out to agents, and I had. I mean, I had a list of the people I wanted for representation, and of that number, six of them I think wrote back and asked for the full manuscript. That's which I was really chuffed. Good. No, no, I was so chuffed about that, and it was a yes. real boost. And the no's that came from that were they were good no's. They were mm. constructive no's. They said what they think they thought I needed to do to make that book better, and and they had enough kind of complimentary language to make me think, you know, this is, I'm on an upward trajectory. And that wasn't this book, was it? No, that was a different book, right. Okay. That was a different book. So I then thought, okay, but I had gone through the people I'd really wanted to represent me and I thought, well, I'm just, let. I think I can do better. Mm. I think I can see what the criticisms are. Um, and then at that point, I saw that the University of East Anglia was doing a master's. So, I mean, obviously I'd seen their prose fiction, their sort of proper literary one, for ages, and I'd looked at it and I thought, but I don't want to write short stories and I don't want to do ludic and I don't want to play with different forms. I know I want to write yeah. psychological thrillers. Commercial, successful, C- well, big books. That would be the hope, at least. Yeah. But I didn't want to go and do something in an alternative form with no punctuation. I knew that. Yes. For, and that's, I mean, I'm, I'm being very simplistic. Nothing wrong with those books, etc., They are marvellous. They are marvellous, but that's yeah, not yeah. what I write. And um, and then I saw that they were, they were starting... Uh, two-year part-time MA that was specialising in crime fiction, most of which was done online. So there were three residentials a year, so you went up and stayed there for two nights. And then the rest of it was all done online. And so this gets to your question about how I managed to wrangle time out of... You know, my children are quite a lot older now, and they're at school, so there's quite a lot of time... You know, you just you just work when you can. Yeah, there's not you can't. That do. takes discipline, and you say that people sit down and check Twitter and Instagram before yeah, they know I do that. No, time. I know, and I do do that an awful lot. Well, but... listen, I'm really glad that you do sit that you do sit down <laughs> and you do get these books written because Blood Orange is magnificent, and everyone's talking about it already, Harry. I think it's going to be massive. It's for fans of, and you probably hate this bit when everyone says for fans of. But if you like the Girl on the Train, if mm. you like, I'm so sorry. It's true it's, though. No, no, I'm but not making. I mean, I I find the comparisons not in it. It's a it's an amazing. Amazing comparison, and you just sort of go. But they say it about so many books. I know, I know, I know. Exactly, it's me, it becomes the, meaningless. But <laughs> Apple Tree Yard, it really reminds me of Apple Tree Yard. Which well, I, really I have loved. to say, an Apple Tree Yard, I absolutely loved. Yeah. And that part of why I came to write this was when I read the acknowledgements of Apple Tree Yard, and Louise Doughty had spent six weeks, I think, or four or six weeks at the Old Bailey with a barrister and she'd observed a trial from start to finish which you know you can see from the trial of Yvonne Carmichael that she obviously has you know she knows what she's talking about Yes. and I looked at that and I thought hang on a minute I don't need to go and get someone to let me in I've had this experience you're already in why am I not why am I avoiding it why have I not been writing about this yet and I just thought sod it this is what I'm going to write about that. As an approach, that's a pretty good one. Sod it. Anyway. <laughs> um, listen, Blood Orange is fantastic. It is a, it's one of those books where you have to put the rest of your life on hold um, for a couple of days while you read it because it is that good. Harriet, thank you so much for joining well, us. Thank on you very the much for having me in. Book Club. Nice to see you. And good luck with all the tours and all the things and all the stuff. Thank and, you. Yeah. Yes. No need for a wig and gown when you do no, your reads. No, thank God. Well, maybe a wig, <laughs> oh, but come you on, never know. <laughs> thank you so much. 
There you go, the wonderful Harriet Tice and Blood Orange. It is a good book and it is really compelling. And as I was just saying, it is like you have to suspend the rest of your life while you read it, which, as we all know, avid readers that we are, is a very delicious pleasure indeed. Thank you so much for downloading the Magic Book Club podcast. And hopefully we'll be back soon with some more of your favourite reads. Um, if you enjoy these podcasts, could you rate and review us? Is that all right? It'll take a sec. Um, just say something nice. That'd be good. And give us, you know, some stars. Doesn't matter how many. All of them three. Thanks. Uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.